Pharmaceutical Technology presents the Drug Solutions Podcast, where the editors will chat with industry experts from across the pharmaceutical and biopharmaceutical supply chain. Join us as experts share insights into your biggest questions, from the technologies to strategies to regulations related to the development and manufacture of drug products. This is the Drug Solutions Podcast. everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast. I'm Jill Murphy, Editor of Pharmaceutical Technology, and this week we will be discussing supply chain in the pharmaceutical industry. This conversation includes topics such as the packaging sector, how the industry has changed with suppliers, and pharma air freight scenarios. In this episode, I speak with Borgi Murad, Partnership Director at Thermosafe. Without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Hi, this is Jill Murphy from the Drug Solutions Podcast. Today I'm here with Borgi Murad, who's Partnership Director at Thermosafe. And today we're going to be talking about pharma supply chain and how the industry has been changing with suppliers and packaging and all other topics. How are you doing today, Borgi? I'm doing great, thank you, Jill. And I do thank you for this opportunity, Jill. I'm very excited. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. This is honor honestly oh it's 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 always a pleasure to share experiences you know especially when we are in this type of industry so yeah i mean uh, i hope uh, your listeners uh, will enjoy the next few minutes or when they start listening to this Uh, i'm sure there's few uh, insights in there that will be educational for some and maybe some will be a piece for others so let's see but uh, (laughs) look forward to it Yeah, so could you actually tell our listeners more about you and how you got to where you're at now in your career with Thermosafe? Sure. Okay, let's start again with my name. So I am Burji Mura. I'm working with uh, Sonoco Thermosafe as the Director of Global Logistics and Partner Management, particularly in the bulk leasing services. Um, Now, I've been in the global logistics and pharma air freight cold chain industry for quite a few years. Actually, I've just passed four decades being in this industry. So it's been an extremely, and I do repeat, an extremely exciting journey for me and for my family. And it continues to be. So this is basically in general where where I am in the logistic world and cold chain. But if I want to elaborate more, and if you're happy to listen to, I'll give you a little bit more of insight, which will be also partly educational to some in the cold chain. My career started in the shipping and freight forwarding industry, covering all modes of transportation globally. I've worked from Greece, I've worked from Dubai, I've worked from the UK. In fact, the majority of my years has been working out in the UK. I've later on moved to another industry, but I was still engaged with some of the stakeholders in the cargo world, like airlines and freight forwarders. Um, the most exciting thing in my life happened in my career life when I joined Envirotena back in 2001. Um, I'm not sure if your listeners are, are familiar with the name Envirotena, but Envirotena is basically one of the pioneer in bulk reusable temperature control containers and air cargo management, uh, purely for the pharmaceutical and life science industry. 
So it was all to do with time and temperature sensitive products. So it was we were very new in the market offering such solutions. Um, it was very much to do with the active temperature control containers, including the heating and cooling technology, which was the first of its kind in the market back then. The stakeholders involved with pharmaceutical companies, uh, logistics providers like freight forwarders, airline ground handling agents, you name it, the stakeholders were involved. So it was bringing a big bunch of people from different industries into one supply chain. It was such an exciting journey, to be honest, for me and my team and the whole organization at the time. As a team, we were much to do with educating and supporting stakeholders in the cold chain to adapt the new packaging solutions for the market. The market. Uh, also included the qualification by pharmaceutical companies that they have to undertake to make sure the packaging solution that they intend to use, it will do what is needed in order to protect their products door to door in an unbroken cold chain. Back then, the only alternative solution was a single-use type of packaging solutions, which some of it still be used today. Um, much of my success in my career has been, uh, you know, working around the world, creating partnerships, uh, educating people, and learning myself as well in the process, which was great. We still learn every day, right? Um, building, helping building processes for airlines, airlines looking at facilities to accommodate the right type of pharmaceutical company with the, with the different packaging solutions. So it was, it was an education journey as well. But by doing so, the safe handling of pharmaceutical treatment, irrespective of type of packaging used, improved greatly. So it was a win-win for all packaging solutions and then ultimately patients and pharmaceutical companies were the happiest. And lastly, back in two, uh, 2019, towards late 2019, I've jumped ship, joined Sonoco, and mainly to build a global footprint and partnerships with elective airlines and freight forwarders and what have you, very similar to how I achieved whilst I was with Embaratena, except this is the first time being, launching first of its kind in the market as a bulk reusable advanced passive temperature control container that is aircraft certified. And I can elaborate on that a little later if needed be. So basically, this is where I've been now with, with Sonoco, still involved with the same kind of stakeholders, exciting journey, and it continues. You have such extensive experience. So this makes me even more excited to talk with you today <laughs> about this topic. Sounds good, sounds good. <laughs> I'm happy, I'm happy to oblige. Good. So. As for, like I said, your expertise in this area and for pharma supply chain, what have you seen change specifically since the COVID-19 pandemic? Have you seen a lot of changes? Have you seen the industry stay the same? Mm. With all honesty, the pharmaceutical uh, world, along with the logistics provider, or let's call it the cold chain, it's been extremely good prior to COVID pandemic. That's one thing for sure. Uh, it depended always on which stakeholders are involved. You got the experienced ones and you've got not so experienced ones. So unfortunately for not so experienced ones have learned the hard way, unfortunately, to include some of the pharmaceutical companies that they were not ready for that. So in fact, nobody was ready for such a, a huge shock to the system. 
So it was not only about COVID, really. I mean, we had COVID-19 pandemic, and we had one major event that happened, disrupted the supply chain in a big way, which was the blockage of Suez Canal for the container ships. Over 80% of products supplied around the road goes by sea. So when we have a Suez Canal, and a lot of it goes by a Suez Canal, that's one thing for sure. That created a lot of problems then. So naturally, if there's no ships moving, then a lot of people started moving by air as well. So it created even more shock to the system. So there was those couple of events are major, and a lot of people had to learn. So what changed really is uh, mainly is making, for example, for COVID nineteen, uh, it brought that to the fact that there were not enough or adequate capabilities around the world to store not only deep frozen products, but also um, ultra deep frozen or cryogenics. And this by me, when I talk deep frozen, I'm meaning like minus 20 degrees centigrade or cryogenics of minus 80 degrees centigrade and below. And if we remember back then, uh, for example, some of the COVID vaccine needed to be stored at below minus 80 degrees centigrade. And the industry is not used to that, to have such large capabilities, facilities to store such products. Not only storing is handling it, it's another problem was. So that's some of the learning. So a lot of the providers have improved their facilities to so become more capable for handling um, cryogenics as well as packaging solutions for cryogenics. That's one. Another thing is obviously increasing the size of the facilities because pharmaceutical product still has to move, be it was to do with COVID or not. There's still other life-saving products or, or vaccines that still need to move. So naturally, the storage facilities needed to be uh, increased so they can be capable to um, store such products should any eventuality occur similarly to what happened with the shop in the systems. The pharma companies, they started increasing the number of suppliers, for example, of packaging solutions. Whilst in the, in, um, most pharmaceutical companies, potentially, they will have one or two uh, packaging solution providers. Again, it, depending on trade lanes, for example, or the product that needs a, a certain temperature, they'll decide what type of packaging solution. So they might have um, maybe a couple for uh, one type of technologies, because there are technologies, for example, for... Uh, heating and cooling, which what we call as active type of temperature control containers. And you've got other types of containers, which we call as passive, hybrid passive or advanced passive. They're, they're not active containers, but they use other types of technology for energy, like ch ch phase change material. And for this, pharma companies started getting more interested in getting more suppliers to have their products or their packaging solutions qualified and qualification by pharmaceutical companies, it does take a long time, irrespective of what data one supplies them on the performance of a packaging solution. But sometimes it could take anything up to 12 months and sometimes in, in, in beyond 12 months, more than 18 months maybe, before they finally approve a packaging solutions. Of course, if there is an urgency, more urgency and it's critical, they may speed up that. But normally, it takes such a long time before they get it qualified. So they started going down the through process and there are a number of supplies of such products out there, i.e. packaging solutions. I wanted to go back to something that you said with 
um, like temp temperature control and special things with pharma air fright because it's a very unique area. Why do you feel it's so unique, like I said, with temperature or quality or specialized air cargo services? What do you see in that area? Good question, Jill. A lot of the answer will be in the question, air freight or in the topic. Why air freight? Air freight means speed, right? So a vaccine has got a shelf life. In these days, they don't store too many, um, if you like, stocks at different parts of the world. One is because of uh, exactly the logistics improved overall. And two is the shelf life of a vaccine or any pharmaceutical product. So they need it quick. And to go quick means the, 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 the um, uh, cost is higher, of course. Um, with those two in, in mind, then you have the regulatory requirements by FDA, PDA, and various regulatory bodies out there where suppliers, they need to make sure they supply the product uh, following certain uh, good distribution factors or good manufacturing practices and what have you. And for that, you need to have the right processes in place, the right people, the right stakeholders that they can handle and move something, store and move. Uh, and that goes really, um, uh, really deep into training people, putting processes in place, how often you train people, what type of facilities, how do they monitor, uh, what's the visibility. And these days, with the air freight side of things, uh, it became more of interest uh, to airlines to be involved in such a uh, cold chain, uh, not necessarily only because it helps uh, the industries in general and to make sure that a product arrives to the patients in the, the right conditions to give the effectiveness that it needs to save lives, but also airlines makes more revenue. Okay, so special handling, extra cost. So the yields will increase in most airlines when they're involved in shipping such things correctly. So really, we're talking about speed, we're talking about the quality, we're talking about visibility, accessibility. I hope I've given you a little bit of insight why it's so interesting air freight and pharma. No, it definitely is so interesting and that explanation really helped to show that. And I wanted to also touch on the pressure on suppliers that I feel like you've seen to deliver these types of items efficiently and to be more cost effective as well. How has this impact led to the industry evolving in their freight partnerships that you've seen? Um, I remember in my earlier days uh, when you bring something new to the market, um, most people say, oh, no, 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 we don't want to get involved. It's too much hassle. We need to train people. We need to build facilities. We cost money, money, money. So now it's so different that actually everyone is investing in this. Airlines are investing. Their handling agents at airport investing who handles the, the, the shipments when they're on the ground or on the tarmac. Uh, freight forwarders, they're investing. Uh, packaging solution providers are investing. Even pharmaceutical companies themselves, they're investing to make this happen. So you find there's a lot more collaboration is going on between all the stakeholders. 
And it always people are looking for new innovative ways or products or solutions in order to bring it to the game. So it could be more cost effective as well at the end of the day, bearing in mind sustainability. Sustainability is major for everyone, for all of us, for every human being on this earth. And pharmaceutical companies are paying huge attention to this. So now more and more they're looking at every packaging solution, how sustainable it is, how friendly it is to be used on our earth. Likewise, the, the logistics chain or the cold chain, what are they doing in order to contribute towards sustainability? So they ask for all those data and to prove it. So this is really, really important. So we're going into a new era of sustainability. We've always we cared about our earth, but not the extent that we do today. So that would continue, and there's a huge changes there. So when we talk about sustainability, we talk about cost as well. The cost will increase initially, but then later on we'll start stabilize, stabilizing a little bit in there. So this is, I think, really important to bear in mind. Absolutely, it is very important. And with everything that you've shared today, what do you see for the future of the pharma supply chain and for packaging and anything else in general? Um, Jill, I think um, besides the sustainability side of things, because everyone trying to prove that their product is better than the other, for example, it's how well one can prove that it's sustainable and the company is actually doing it. I know there are bodies out there that can receive the right, um, if you like, uh, confirmation of the sustainability side. But it's got to go a bit deeper than that. The uh, packaging solutions out there are improving continuously. A lot you moving as much as possible away from single-use packaging solutions to reusable packaging solutions, be it parcel size or pallet size shipments. We're going more for the reusable side of things. So this is happening more and more. And as it is today, there is not enough reusable temperature control containers out there, especially bulk, to accommodate all that when we consider the growth of the pharmaceutical uh, shipments uh, year on year, which reaching double digits in some cases. Um, we've got a lot of uh, drugs that patents are expiring. The patent normally holds for about 20 years or so, and now that a lot of them are expiring, so there are more new products coming to replace the patent product. And this is coming from areas like uh, India, China, South Korea, um, uh, perhaps I missed one or two places. But um, so there is more of it coming into the market in, in, on them. So the changes that I see happening in the future is not only about the sustainability, it's about visibility, knowing where the product is, the shipment is, uh, who's handling it, any um, uh, proactiveness that needs to be done before actually one finds out when it's too late, the product is, uh, is lost. Um, so visibility is like big brother or big mother, whatever you want to call it, watching. It's really important, real time. And what's built around it to do the needed. I mean, you might have visibility, but there is not enough processes or people that they can do the needed in order to save the product, for example. So I think we find from the um, increase in packaging solutions, increase of visibility, 
data that needs to be shared, the sustainability side of things, and of course, education, 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 is that never stops. I love that answer. Borgi, thank you so much for joining me today. This was such an amazing conversation about supply chain. It's a pleasure, Jill, always here to help and to learn. Thank you. to our editors and experts for sharing their insights. Stay tuned for future episodes of the Drug Solutions Podcast with the Pharmaceutical Technology Editors. If you want to stay in touch with the Pharmaceutical Technology team, subscribe to this podcast as well as to our e-newsletters. When you sign up for our newsletters, you will be updated about future episodes of Drug Solutions, receive our magazines, learn about upcoming webinars and hear about episodes of Drug Digest. Thanks to everyone for joining us for this episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast.